Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up. I have a new flavor of coffee this morning that I use in my inverted French press. I think I have that correctly. It is a Starbucks uh, blend. It's got hints of um, caramel and something else. I can't remember what it said, but it's a good. I'm really enjoying it. And But it's not helping me wake up yet because this is the fourth time that I started the recording. <laughs> so maybe I can get through this now without too many errors. We start out today in Psalm 58. There's a couple of things with this that I wanted to note. First, the way that the psalm is introduced, I some of these are introduced in, in that gives you a little bit more, which you almost think is extraneous information. But this time it made me think a little bit. It's introduced as a psalm of David, and that's not really too much of a surprise because I think a lot of the psalms are written by David. But it's sung to the tune of Do Not Destroy. And that really got me thinking at the time. Was that like a common song at the time? Were there any copyright issues of using someone else's tune? Yeah, I know that's more 21st century culture there but i i I am curious if it was a common song at the time and i'm always interested in references in the bible that it seems like we may not have access to any more information like for example if i'm not mistaken remembering from last year in in um kings both books of kings that there is frequently a reference to and it'll say something like and everything else about the ruler is written is it not written in the book of blah 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 and yet i don't believe i think i went down that road a little bit before and those books don't exist anymore so it's interesting again you know me i always talk about context it's important now second this psalm is a plea that good triumphs over evil that are hoping god is not in vain I think the last verse sums it up well, quote, then at last, everyone will say there truly is reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth. So don't lose that hope. Do not lose that hope. New Testament, we're in John 6, starting out. Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, otherwise known as the Sea of Tiberias. Crowds followed him. Now, this is the story of the telling of the feeding of the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Now, as different as John is, John is not one of the synoptic gospels. I believe I have that term correctly. The fact that this event is included here, I think, underscores its importance in spreading the word of Jesus's divine nature. Now, the people wanted to, quote, force him to become their king. This is how Jesus perceived it. So Jesus retreated to the hill of Solo when he saw that after that whole event. Now, later, this is also in, I believe, all the synoptic gospels where the disciples are crossing the sea and Jesus appears walking on the water. The sea is rough. They don't really talk too much about the sea being really rough here as as an issue that john doesn't say that jesus calmed the sea it's just that all that john says is that when they let jesus into the boat quote immediately they arrived at their destination end quote 
Now, I don't think this imagery of teleportation, for a lack of another word, not trying to get all sci-fi on this here, but it it does say instantly or immediately they arrived at their destination. So it could just very well be that during all this, the disciples had almost completely finished their crossing. But it's just interesting the way John words that, I think, in my mind. Now, the next day, the people that were fed the day before went across to Capernaum to look for Jesus because he wasn't there. He's like, oh, well, you know, they're following him. They want to learn more about him. And that's where we leave the New Testament. We go over to Old Testament for today. We're just in Judges 9. Now, Abimelech is Gideon's son, one of them. As it turns out, he's... If I got this right, he is a slave woman's son. So he's like the half-brother of Gideon's 70 other sons. So he petitions to become the ruler over Shechem, saying, why would you want to have one of them rule when you could have one who's related to you rule? And I'm assuming that relationship is through the slave woman. So he proposed that it's best to be ruled by just him and one son, as opposed to all of Gideon's 70 sons. He hires some, quote, reckless troublemakers. They killed all 70 of his half-brothers. But then, <laughs> but then Judges says, the author says, but it wasn't all, who, after all, who were killed, because Jotham, the youngest son, escaped. The people of Shechem made Abimelech their king after all this, Jotham then tells the people, shouting from a mountaintop, must have been pretty loud voice, a parable about various trees and plants that refused to be king and that they would have to give up their usefulness in this life to be king until the thorn bush becomes king, a plant that has no usefulness. I, I, he infers the people only chose Abimelech because he's a relative, but if they didn't act in good faith, he wishes a he wishes a curse of destruction on the people. Now, after that, Jotham escaped to live in beer. He was afraid after this of Abimelech, and rightfully so. I mean, Abimelech killed his brothers. Well, the citizens revolted three years later. This is God's punishment for Abimelech murdering the 70 sons and the people supporting him. Gale, son of Ebed, moves in and gained the confidence of the people. He pledged to get rid of Abimelech. Gael led the leading citizens of Shechem into battle against Abimelech. The first day did not go well for Gael. The next day, Abimelech recaptured the city, scattering salt all across the ground. I think this is to make the land ungrowable. Now, apparently in the center of these towns, there are towers. And in this particular town, some of the citizens had basically holed up in, protected themselves there. So Abimelech had the tower set on fire, and this killed about a thousand men and women. Then Abimelech attacked another town. Same deal there. Folks had taken refuge in a tower, but this point in time, before it could light the fire, a woman dropped a millstone. She's on the roof. She dropped a millstone, hit Abimelech's head, crushed his skull. 
He didn't die instantly. Abimelech had his armor bearer kill him so that it wouldn't be said that a woman killed him. In this way, the curse of Jotham was fulfilled. I was thinking that there was such violence back then, but then I realized we have significant violence today. It's in some ways it's a lot different, but in some ways it's the same. That's it for today. Please have a great day and live today as if the king is coming back today.